Welcome to our Holden Village podcast. For over 50 years now, Holden Village has traveled a rich history of faith that has transformed a copper mining town into a vibrant place of education, programming, and worship. Holden has sought to welcome all who seek contemplation and community in the remote wilderness of the beautiful Cascade Mountains. We continue to invite people of all ages to come alongside our rhythms, which inspire and equip travelers for a sustainable life of faith outside the village. And we continue to listen and reflect on our story and history and seek to discover our place in God's creative mission in our world. Our podcasts are a way of sharing our conversations with our teaching faculty around reformation, the reforming of our relationships with the earth, with each other, and with the divine. Let's tune in and join the conversation. Yeah, take it away. Hi, I'm David Campton. I'm a Methodist minister from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Uh, and I'm here uh, this week in Holden uh, doing a, a series of preposterous readings of preposterous stories, looking at uh, the book of Jonah uh, specifically, but helping people to think uh, of different ways of looking at scriptural stories. And uh, in this podcast, I'm going to, to offer some of the monologues that uh, I uh, have been doing here in Holden, uh, telling the, the story of Jonah in his own words. You just wouldn't believe it. The week I've had. It, it all began with a message from God. Confirmed delivery, so I couldn't even pretend it had got lost in the post. It was addressed to Jonah, son of Amittai, prophet of Israel. That's me. But I was in no way ready for what was inside. It said, Dear Jonah, I would like you to go and tell the people of Nineveh to change their wicked ways. Signed, The Lord, in capital letters. Nineveh. I mean... That's in Iraq, and I don't have to tell you what it's like there. But it was then that I remembered that I hadn't had a holiday for a while. This prophesying lark is very tiring, you know. So I popped off to the local travel agent to see if they had any last-minute cheapies, and I saw just what I wanted. Tarshish, on the southern Spanish coast. Sun, sea, sand, sangria, and not a Ninevite in sight. So... I booked my ticket, headed down to Joppa, where I caught the boat, and hit my bunk. Took a couple of seasickness tablets, never was the best of sailors, and went to sleep. Sound and round, and safe in the knowledge that I was heading anywhere but Nineveh. It seemed only like a, a few minutes, but the next thing I knew, the captain was shaking me, saying, Wake up! Wake up! I thought, how nice of the captain to wake me in person. Uh, but then I noticed that the boat was having difficulty deciding which way was up. We were obviously in the middle of a storm. No cooked breakfast for me, I thought. But then the captain said, Are you a religious man? Well, yes, I replied. Well then, get up and pray to your God to save us. We've tried everything else. To be honest, I didn't feel like praying. First... It's hard to pray when you're about to throw up. And second, I wasn't convinced that God and I were still on speaking terms. But 
I got out of my bunk and went up on deck to find out what was happening. I expected to find the sailors splicing the main brace or weighing the anchor or shivering their timbers or whatever sailors are supposed to do in a storm. But I saw that they'd given up praying to their imaginary gods and had decided to draw a lottery to decide whose fault it was. Well, I thought, I'm safe enough. Never won a lottery in my life. It could happen to you. (laughs) Not likely. At least, not until this time. But the lucky winner was Jonah, son of Amittai. All their eyes turned towards me. Uh, Look, guys, I can explain, I said. I'm on the run. Who are you on the run from? What did you do? They asked, with a sailor's usual relish for a good and hopefully bloody story. Well, it's more what I didn't do. I didn't obey God and go to Nineveh. I'm on the run from God, who made the land and the sea. Well, it seems like you made him pretty angry, said one of the sailors. What are we supposed to do? Well, I suppose you could throw me over the side if you want. After all, it's only me that God is after, I said. I mean, I said it only half-joking as a matter of form. And thankfully, even though they're a bunch of pagans, they didn't take me up on it. At first. They tried to turn the boat back around to head for Joppa so I could go to Nineveh as God intended. But they made no headway. And having tossed all the rest of the cargo over the side to lighten the load, they finally hoisted me on their shoulders, ready to toss me overboard. The last thing I remember is them saying a a, a prayer. God forgive us if he's innocent. If not, he's all yours. And with that, they threw me into the sea. No life jacket, no rubber ring, no nothing. It was now a straight choice between God and the deep blue sea. (laughs) So there I was, doing the doggy paddle in the middle of the Mediterranean. Fish food, literally, as it happened. Have you ever had the misfortune of listening to a fisherman telling you tales of the one that got away? It was this big, they tell you, holding their hands a yard apart, when you know fine rightly it was a tenth of the size. Well, I've got a story that will top any of theirs. Not so much the one that got away as the one that got me. How big was it? Well, it was big enough to swallow me in one gulp. And let's face it, I'm quite a mouthful. You were swallowed by a fish, you say? Do you think I'm going to swallow that? Well, I don't care. I know that it happened. And that's good enough for me. If I hadn't been swallowed by that fish... I would have drowned. I mean, when the sailors threw me into the sea, I called on the Lord to save me, in between gulping down big mouthfuls of seawater. But although I prayed to God, I didn't really expect him to hear my prayer. I mean, why should he listen to me when I hadn't listened to him? I'd got what I deserved. But he did save me. Although, I'll admit, it was a strange salvation. But strange salvation or not, All that I could do about it was to sing a song of praise to the Lord from the belly of that fish. Not too many people have done that, I would think. I didn't know, I didn't care what lay ahead, I just praised God. I mean, I've never been much of a singer, or indeed a poet. I believe in getting straight to the point. But in the belly of that fish I drew on all the psalms I knew, and I stitched together some words to fit the circumstances. Strange though they were. 
But the next thing I knew, the fish was being sick. It must have been something it had eaten. And it vomited me up on the beach. Honest. Well, not everyone gets a second chance like that. So I'd better not make the same mistake again. So does anyone know which way it is to Nineveh? Two months later. I just don't believe it. A couple of months ago, I was drowning in water. Now I am gasping for it. <sighs> Nineveh. Dreadful place. Give me holding any day. But you'll never guess what happened after I finally got there. There I was. I'd done what God had asked me to do. I'd told the Ninevites exactly what God thought of them. I didn't miss them and hit the wall, let me tell you. I told them that they had 40 days before God was going to destroy them. And you should have seen their faces. They knew that their number was up. I'd really got to them. They started weeping and wailing and did the old sackcloth and ashes bit. I mean, it's always the same. Tell people they're doomed and they start on about how dreadfully sorry they are. Well, I said, it's too late. 40 days and you've had your chips. 40 days later, I packed my bag and headed out into the desert to the east of the city and sat myself down on the hill above the city to watch the fireworks. And nothing. I knew it. I knew that once God saw all their tears and heard how dreadfully sorry they were, he would change his mind. Too soft, that's what he is. I sat there all day in the shade of a bush, furious with God. Well, well could you blame me? Why did he bother with all that palaver about the big storm and the big fish and everything, only to have me to go to Nineveh and make a great big liar out of me? Why didn't he just let me drown? I told him. I didn't miss him and hit the wall either. Just let me die, I said. There's no point in living anymore. And I went to sleep. But as if that wasn't bad enough, the next day when I woke, the bush I'd been sitting under was dead and the wind was whipping up a sandstorm and the sun was beating down. And that was it, the final straw. How dare God treat one of his faithful servants like that and yet let the Ninevites off scot-free. If that's how he treats his friends, it's little wonder he has so few of them. The only comfort I had was one single solitary bush and he had let it die. Just let me die too, I said. And all God said was, what are more important, plants or people? I don't know what he meant. Thanks for joining us for another Holden Village podcast. Be sure to view the links in the description for more information or visit our website to find out more about the village. We hope you will make a pilgrimage to Holden. Blessings and peace to you.